Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Hockey. Grace, we are burning the midnight oil. Yeah. Normally what we have been doing with these Broadway openings is, is we do a normal Today on Broadway and then I do a special review recap episode. But because I also did this week on Broadway on Sunday and then I went and saw a show about an hour away from me and then I had other work to do, I didn't have time to do three Broadway Radio podcasts in one day. Actually, it's four because I edited an episode I'll talk about here in a second. Um, so we combined these into one. It's coming out a little bit later on Patreon than normal. So we apologize, but we appreciate you sticking with us while we were waiting for the reviews for the Broadway opening of Tom Stoppard's Leopold Stadt. We will get to those in a minute. But as I mentioned, I was fortunate enough to be able to join Peter Felicia and Michael Portantier on this week on Broadway. It, there wasn't a ton of like new shows that they saw. So we had some really interesting conversations um, about everything from a very cool production of As You Like It happening up on 71st Street to different productions of of 1776, including the one that is currently Mm, getting ready to open at Roundabout. They didn't talk about it because neither of them have seen it yet, but we did have a little bit of a discussion of the... Uh, Good Morning America performance that aired last week, which I don't think I talked about it on the show, but I talked about it in, on my like my Instagram story. D- have you seen that that performance, Grace? Yeah, I love that w- that we were talking about it. It's really it, the whole thing is fascinating to me, Carolee. Like I'm I'm really eager to see it for myself for sure. Me, me too. Like I found that performance of Sit Down, John, and I said it on t- this week on Broadway. Like absolutely thrilling like i i I love that show um but to see it done that way like with those arrangements and like those changes vocally i was it was gripping to me so i know that there's a lot of people that did not appreciate the changes not necessarily in the fact that it was all women or non-binary people but like the musical changes um which might also have something to do with the you know, the changes in the demographics in the show, but I thought it was thrilling. Uh, Yeah. I thought it was amazing. (laughs) I I can't wait to see this show. Um, I have my press request in to also talk to one of the company members. Um, So we'll see what happens Uh, anyway. So you can hear that episode of this week on Broadway in both, uh, both feeds. If you want to hear it before anybody else actually be recorded live, you can head over to patreon.com slash Broadway radio, Broadway radio.com slash Patreon. That fourth episode uh, of this uh, Broadway radio that I talked about. Um, I have a new episode with the great Eden Espinosa that is coming out on Monday later today, depending on when you're listening to this. Of course, she is doing two concerts at Chelsea table and stage later this week. Not only can you see them uh, in person, either on Thursday or Friday, but they are both live streaming as well. And let me tell you, having seen Eden Espinosa live and in concert, it's very special. It's a completely different set list than what she's done before. This will be the first time she's ever done it in New York, but it's very, very exciting. And I love talking to her and hear her talk about music. So, all right, Grace, let's get into the news. And we are going to start with those reviews for the new Broadway production of Tom Stoppard's Leopoldstadt. It originally had its first run in London pre-pandemic and has since made its way over to New York City. It is directed by Patrick Marber, who has done a number of Stoppard shows, including the most recent Stoppard play on Broadway, Travesties. It is produced by Sonia Friedman Productions, Ron Furman, and the one that always makes me do a double take whenever I see this listing in IBDB, Lauren Michaels. Uh, not exactly what I would normally consider a Lauren Michaels joint. But um, the the cast is filled with, it's a huge, gigantic cast, including some um, some really great names in there, including David Crumholtz, Casey Levy, Tedra Milan, Anthony Rosenthal, uh, Brandon Uranowitz, some really fantastic people. It's a huge cast, which you don't see very often, and some of these reviews kind of get into that as well. 
Let's start with the New York Times. Jesse Green reviewed the show and said, quote, Leopoldstadt is not quite as tightly constructed as Arcadia, say, or Jumpers or Travesties. Those are all previous stoppers plays. It has too many themes to wrangle, and some dense historical exposition is unconvincingly disguised as small talk. As such, the play leans more than usual on a handsome, foreboding, smartly calibrated production. The acting is excellent across the board, with too many standouts to name. The director Patrick Marber's deep focus staging keeps all the stories going at once on a set by Richard Hudson that fairly gleams with honeyed smugness under Neil Austin's lights. This is kind of the theme on a lot of these reviews, Grace, that it's very well acted. It looks great. The direction's fantastic, but it's a little heavy handed in the the script itself, which is very unusual for a Stoppard play. Matt Winman, writing for AM New York, said, quote, Leopold Stott is not without its issues. Much of it is expository, slow, and muddled, including a farcical circumcision sequence that somehow got included. It is very challenging to remember who each of the less prominent characters is without consulting a character list or family tree. Still, it is a powerful work which is receiving a lavish production under, under the meticulous direction of Patrick Marber. Given its size and scale, the fact that Leopold Stott is being produced on Broadway and commercially and commercially no less is unbelievable. Um, let's wrap up the reviews here as I scroll through to see if there are any new ones. Let's finish off with Naveen Kumar from Vulture, uh, who said, quote, Leopoldstadt is the sort of dizzying intellectual panorama for which Stoppard is revered, revered, a chronicle of social movements, theatrical frameworks, and geopolitical catastrophes. Drink every time someone speaks passionately about the state of the world and you'll have to crawl home. The play, directed by Patrick Marber in a production that premiered in the West End, proceeds through 50-plus years in just over two hours, introducing more than two dozen characters that it seems to understand we won't be able to keep straight. Those details don't matter in the larger sweep of history, and the family's fate is evident from the start. Um, I do want to note that this is a two-hour show without an intermission, which a number of the reviews... I felt it. I yeah, freaking felt it in my I, bones. I know you did. Um, it is currently running at the Long Acre Theater. It is an open-ended run. I think a new Stoppard play, people would have assumed that the reviews would be better, but they're not bad. It just feels like it's a, it's a little muddled in, in the script itself. Yeah, I it was funny because the the evening that I was at the performance of and again like when I looked at the runtime because I always like to like to look at the runtime because yeah. I like to know when my snack is. <laughs> I like like after the show, before the show, do I need to eat before like all those things because I, you know, famously I got to plan my moves. And I was looking at this and I said, "Hold on, 2 hours and 10 minutes, no intermission." And it was and it was so strange because I actually don't think that that was necessary. Like they could have broken that up into two parts. There was there was actually no reason. And I think that it was because they wanted they didn't want to jumble the timeline because it was just so forward moving. And then there are all these generations. And they didn't want you to lose anything. But as a, as a person who just like simply like has to move and there's a lot of people with different chronic things like I just felt like this was really limiting as far as accessibility goes. And what was funny is I was in a crowd a sea if you will of every single reviewer in new york city <laughs> they were all like high-fiving each other outside the theater and i thought okay well i'm at the one that they're seeing so whenever the reviews come out i was at that show that they saw right? yeah. so um that was what was interesting and even like i saw david gordon post on uh twitter as as soon as we got out something about the you know being able to get up during the show but you couldn't um 
so I found that fascinating, fascinating, but, um, yeah, I, I guess I don't have like a ton of notes on those reviews. I found them the same and I, I kind of felt crazy because I've seen nonstop praise for the show. And in certain points I was like, Oh, interesting. Like I, I felt, you know, this way, or like perhaps like this one. And I agree, like the subject matter is so intensely heavy and the subject matter it, rightfully so is just always, always, always challenging. Not because you don't know how to feel about it. It just is so heartbreaking because we know, we know what's going to happen. And um, the challenge of it was not in the writing. It's a part of history. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So like the, the drama was not due to the writing. The drama is due to what we know about that time period and those people. And that somehow it's like a, you know, it, it, it felt like, you know, a survivor's guilt um, sure. moment for, for a lot of it. So yeah, it's, but it's heartbreaking, you know, I, I just, oh, yeah. And mm. I didn't, I didn't run through a plot synopsis. We've talked about this multiple times before. So I f- assume most people listening to this uh, know what the show's about, but I'll, I'll read the plot description just to kind of catch people up. Set in Vienna, Leopoldstadt takes its title from the Jewish quarter. This passionate drama of love and endurance begins in the last days of 1899 and follows one extended family deep into the heart of the 20th century. Full of his customary wit and beauty, Tom Stoppard's late work spans 50 years of time over two hours. There you go. So if you can understand where the timelines are and understanding that it's a large Jewish family, I think, as you mentioned, uh, you can kind of see where that is going. Every, yeah. From the second it starts and they're talking about their Judaism throughout, like, you know, these, every single scene is about like these people's relationship with also like an exterior society within their own proletarian society, like all these different societal things and how they like keep progressing. And then they're incredibly like affluent, but then at a certain point that affluence does stop when people decide to continue to break down class structure and all those things. Um, But what I do want to shout out, which I don't know if it's present in any of these reviews, but this show is an incredible vehicle for Brandon Uranowitz. And I mean, I think I, like I just, every, every show he's in is a great yeah, vehicle because he's one, just so incredible. He really is. But this one gave him so much and generationally, and you get to see him, I think play two characters at one point because his character kind of like ages out and then he becomes a younger person. But what I want to throw out is that Anthony Rosenthal, who I have known for now 10 years, I think when he was a little less in Newsies um, into his role in falsettos with Uranowitz and now him Mm -hmm. playing young Brandon Uranowitz. It was kind of crazy. Like it made me cry as soon as he stepped out on stage and I messaged his mom afterwards and I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) so tall. Um, But it was, it was kind of a fascinating, like, wow, like Broadway and like your role in all of this. And it was just kind of amazing to see them playing very different family members (laughs) in this as opposed to, um, falsettos, but Casey, after you know, uh, Carolina changed the role that she played as a Jewish mother in that show, and mm-hmm. now the one that she plays here, it was just kind of like fascinating all in w- one year, mm-hmm. you know. So, I don't know, the storytelling is really, really um, palpable right now for um, this community, and I, I was really excited to see that. Anyway, all right, let's run through um, a few little pieces of news that I wanted to point out. Apparently, London. Y'all need to get ready for a Matrix musical. Uh, The groundbreaking sci-fi franchise is being adapted into a 
quasi-stage musical to be directed by the great stage and film director Danny Boyle. It is going to be the first production that is going to open a new performance venue called Factory International. It will be coming in uh, the fall of next year, so a little over a year from now. It, It will be running just for a brief time from October 18th of 2023 through November 5th. The show is called Free Your Mind, and this is how it is officially described. Quote, it is described as a large-scale immersive performance based on the Matrix films. It is a dramatic retelling through dance, music, and visual effects, and then ellipses. Uh, Using spectacular visual effects, a cast of professional dancers and hundreds of Manchester participants, it's in Manchester, will recreate some of the film's most iconic scenes, provoking visions of an alternative future. So I'm not sure, like they are calling it a musical, but I'm not sure if it's like a, a, a straight narrative musical. It will have um, new music from uh, Blue Boy composer and producer and DJ Michael Mikey J. Asante. Um, it'll be choreographed by Kendrick H2O Sandy of Blue Boy Entertainment, who Boyle worked with to do the 2012 Olympic ceremony. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what this is, but the idea of a Matrix musical is fascinating to me especially since the fourth film starred neil patrick harris and jonathan groff or so i'm told because i did not see it how did you not watch it on hbo it's on on hbo max i understand that all right moving on real quick last week it was announced that one schubert alley which is the smaller merchandise shop in between um i guess that's in between the schubert and the booth right um they announced that it was going to close and it it was we didn't know what was going to happen to it it originally had been a dressing room for the schubert i believe well if yeah, but if you listen to the show, yeah. Ashley and I had a great idea. Okay, remind me because I, I, don't, I don't know that you were you wanted to put Into the Woods into one Schubert Alley. Is that what you're saying? No, Justify the Beans, a coffee roasters, and oh. it would just be open after shows and you could like or in between or like really early so that you can get a coffee right before you do the standby lines and all the things. I thought it was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it's not happening um, because one Schubert Alley is going to reopen (laughs) and apparently is going to have a brief renovation and will return before the end of 2022. It is being uh, reopened by the Araka group, which is a, a big Broadway and entertainment group that does has their hands in a lot of things. Their merchandise division is going to reopen it. The reopening comes as part of a a strategic business partnership between Araka and Schubert. So that's great. I always stop in there. I almost never get anything because it's very expensive um but i generally go in and look at that stuff uh for gifts and stuff for my niece or nephew so um last week also time put out their 2022 time 100 next list there are a number of broadway folks in this list including toby marlowe and lucy moss and somebody that i know you are a very big fan of uh yaya abdul mateen the second who is currently on broadway and top dog underdog um so i will have the links if you want to read those profiles in the show notes your gasp was palpable, Grace. I'm so excited to see Top Dog Underdog. <laughs> I know. I know you are. Uh, okay, real quick. I want to run through the uh, theatrical schedule for this coming week. First up on Monday, uh, today, as you are listening, over at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater, we will have the first preview performance of 
like the show that's like been a decade in the making, almost famous, will begin performances. I know, Grace, that you are very mm-hmm. excited about this one. Uh, the cast is fantastic. We've talked about this cast with Drew Galing, uh, Anika Larson, Soleil Pfeiffer, Chris Wood, Chad Burris, uh, Gerard Canonico, Rob Coletti, uh, Van Hughes is in there, Katie Ladner, um, Libby Winters. So many great folks are in there. I feel like I've interviewed Libby Winters. I think I did for a Susan Laurie Parks show. Like, I know I did. I think I did, but they all run together. Um, So that one is beginning performances on Monday. It will officially open on Broadway on November 3rd. Then on Wednesday, we have the first preview uh, performance of MCC's new musical, Only Gold. This is a show that I will be seeing when I am in town. Um, It is being directed and choreographed by Andy Blankenbuehler and will star and feature the music of British pop icon Kate Nash. It has... A huge, gigantic cast with some really fun folks, including the great Terrence Mann, who is always great to see on stage. Uh, everybody's favorite uh, songstress, Ellery Ward, is in the uh, the swing group. And Gabby Diaz, who is one of my favorites, So You Think You Can Dance performers of all time, is in the show. Hannah Cruz is in there as well. Um, so a really interesting show, as along with uh, a, a bunch of notable uh, Hamilton alums in there as well as uh, Andy Blankenbuehler likes to pull folks from his orbit uh, for new shows as well. Then coming up on Thursday night, we have the official Broadway opening of the aforementioned 1776 revival from the Roundabout Theater Company that will be happening at the American Airlines Theater. Um, We've talked about this one a bunch. I'm excited, really, really geeked out to see what they do with this. Um, I was already looking forward to it, Grace, but having seen that Good Morning America performance, like I am incredibly all in for this one then on sunday october 9th we have the official opening of death of a salesman Mm -hmm. which is at the hudson theater it is officially running through january 15th it is directed by miranda cromwell who co-directed the production with marion elliott over in the uk this is a pretty much the same production but she is getting sole billing as the director it stars sharon d clark and wendell pierce as willie and linda uh, loman they did the show in london they are being uh joined by mckinley belcher the third chris davis andre de shields in this one and something that i don't think i realized uh maybe because i haven't been paying attention mm-hmm. uh but michael portantier mentioned this having he ran into andre de shields and they were talking about the show yeah. andre pointed out that a lot of people are saying oh this is the black death of a salesman but what i did not realize is that only the loman family is black in this show everybody yeah. else is i'm assuming mm-hmm. white um which uh is how the characters are normally played i think that adds so many interesting levels to this and makes me even more excited than i already was which was honestly pretty damn high yeah and it's also always challenging whenever people say like a phrase like the black blank yes. as if like white is standard so yes. i just want to say like we're not doing that. Um, but also, yeah, I, I'm really excited because the reason that I've also like heard a lot about that is that there are so many more moments where things kind of fall into place with yeah. some of those monologues um, that, that sit differently when you've got um, a cast that is all like, you know, people of color, people that have been, uh, you know, throughout time disenfranchised. And so um, I'm really, I'm really thrilled by this production in general because Wendell Pierce is just such a, an incredible actor and like Sharon D. Clark. Yeah, once we again. Know your feelings, I yeah. know it's a Caroline show today, um, but like, yeah, every, every ounce of it, I'm thrilled. So I can't wait to, to kind of talk about that after I see it soon. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>